Luke chapter 14 verse 23 says, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the hedges and, oh, that's how we say it, okay. Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to do what? Come in. So my house may be filled. I want to speak just a few moments from the topic, parking lot profits. All right, so how, how are we going to maintain our consecration? That, that's the question. Because for the last week, we've been in this church every day, fasting and praying, having fellowship with one another. And it was, it was great, right? But how do we maintain consecration without being here every day with each other. <laughs> I mean, because it's easier when we can do it like that, right? When we live in a sort of uh, communal, a kibbutz community, almost like a monastery type of living. But how do we maintain it? What does it look like going forward practically? You all that write notes, I want you to write this down. Number one, the first way to maintain a life of consecration a life set aside to God is to maintain a prayer regiment. No, really. You know how we were in prayer every day? You got to maintain some sort of prayer regiment. Remember, the work of consecration works so well in part because of our prayer times. Our prayer times were scheduled. Oftentimes, in Scripture, there's a reference where they went to the temple at the hour of prayer, a certain time. Or even it talks about how Jesus would be praying in the fourth watch of the night. In other words, between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Yes, I know what you say. We pray all the time. And, and right, we're supposed to. And we can pray spontaneously and ongoing communication with God. But in this kind of busy culture, Oftentimes, what we don't plan ends up not happening. And I think this week we realized how much praying we haven't been doing. Okay, I'll let y'all be real religious. But come on, didn't this week you realize, hold on, I haven't really been spending that much time with God as maybe I thought I had. If someone asked me, to, you got a prayer line? Oh yeah, I got a prayer line. Oh, I pray all the time. But if you look at your hours of the day and you then see how much time you pray, I'm talking about uninterrupted prayer. I'm not talking about, Lord Jesus, I'm going into work. You better help me, God. You know, I'm talking about, you know, Lord, now me lay me down to sleep. No, Lord bless my food. I'm talking about intimate time with God. So look at the person beside you. Tell them, I need to see your planned prayer times. Come on, we're going to keep each other accountable, right? I want you to be able to tell me tomorrow, what are your planned prayer times? Because if it's not planned, if it's not planned, it's not, Cornelius, it ain't going to happen. Number two, if you want to maintain this consecration, stay, y'all writing this, write this, stay away from carnal conversations. I only got three points and I'm on number two, all right? Stay away from carnal conversations. I didn't say secular. 
or what I sometimes label as civilian conversations, like sports and news and the daily happening. I'm not telling you to walk around speaking in tongue all the time because it's carnal. No, you know, no. I, I'm, you can have regular conversations and speak to people and ask them how's the weather doing and how your mom and them doing. But I'm saying, stay away from conversations that magnify the works of the flesh. Stay away from gossip. I want everybody to say this out of your mouth to the person beside you. Tell them gossip is poison. It is. Although poison or that poison that is gossip may be intended for someone else's character, you can't keep gargling with it and swishing it around in your mouth without taking some in. <laughs> you end up swallowing some of it. Gossip taints your spirit. I'm not screaming, but I'm preaching real good. Gossip taints your spirit. It blemishes your character. Did y'all hear what I said? No, no, I know, I know we're sitting around talking about them, but while you're gossiping about somebody, not only does it damage the character of the person you're discussing, but also the people that are listening to you getting the tea from you, they will never see you in the light of your calling. They, you're not the person they're going to call to get a prayer through. You're not the person we're going to confide in because you always got all the information on everybody else. Not only does it damage somebody else's character, but it also taints yours. It blemishes your character and it bruises your testimony. Somebody shout, gossip is poison. If what fuses our relationship is gossip, then our relationship is really being held together by the deceit of Satan. If we can't get together without talking about somebody, then what's really our relationship? And that's why you got to be very careful. And now I'm talking about gossiping. And I know it was a little awkward right now for some of you because if I was preaching about, because we like, talk about real sin. Talk about fornication. Talk about adultery. Talk about homosexuality. Talk about this stuff and Bishop, we'll get behind you and push you and support you. But don't you know gossip is murder? I said, don't you know gossip is murder? Some of us should be on death row right now because you may have never taken a knife, you may have never taken a gun, but we have killed people with our tongue. I know what y'all said. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. That is a lie. Somebody made that up and y'all been repeating it for years. I can recover quicker from somebody punching me in my chest than putting a word in my spirit. It can set you back for years because the wrong person said the wrong thing to you and it kept you wounded. Gossip is poison. And if you're going to maintain your consecration, you got to stay away from carnal conversations. You got to be able to say, oh no, I don't know nothing about that. And to be honest, I don't need to know. Did you hear? No, if, I, if God wanted me to hear it, I would have heard it. And uh, because I didn't hear it, evidently I didn't need to hear it. 
if, if prayer is not the goal, if confronting the person is not the goal, that means you are robbing me of time. I could be accomplishing something that God has really called me to do. I'm saying this because we'll, 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 we'll go for the other stuff and don't realize gossip will be luring us back to carnality. Because you can't stay in those conversations and stay sanctified. You can't stay on those conversations and stay holy. You can't stay in those conversations and stay pure. Because you're talking to them so much, you ain't talking to God. <laughs> and gossip for some of you is the source of your insecurity. You thought your insecurity was because somebody didn't like you or because somebody didn't include you. No, some of you, the source of your insecurity is that you have sowed so many seeds into the atmosphere against other people. You've been overly analytical and you've been critical about everything that everybody else does. So when you stand up, you perceive that everybody thinks like you think. So you think that everybody is judging you and everybody's critiquing you. And just because only five people like your post on Facebook that means everybody who saw it and didn't like it don't like you if you want to keep your consecration guard your conversations tell your neighbor if you're going to keep your consecration guard your conversations and I'm going to tell you this week will show you who really went through this consecration with their hearts because it's possible to do religious things and you physically be attached to it but your heart be distant from it I don't know about you all if you test me this week if you want to you're going to find out that this was real for me oh no 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 oh yo oh, oh you don't know no. I wasn't just doing church I had an experience with God that has given me a level of sensitivity you can call me spooky you can call me spiritual you can call me deep but the opposite of deep is shallow and I know what shallow living feels like and I'm ready to come and be what what God has called me to be and the deep is calling to the deep I need you to look at your neighbor tell your neighbor I'm going deep I'm going deep I want to know what it feels like to be totally surrendered to God God has blessed me God has used me halfway being obedient God has used me halfway surrendered God has used he's done some great things through me through the hand of his grace imagine how much more God can do with my life if I come all the way in pull somebody tell them come all the way in I tell you God is still yet calling come on pull on somebody tell them come all the way in you need to come in with your hands lifted and everything else dropped come on oh it don't take all that it don't take all that it don't take all of that he don't take all that. Oh, oh, here you go. Here you go. No. Oh, I don't, oh, I, oh, I don't, oh, I don't gossip. I don't tell. Uh-oh, here she go. She being spiritual. No. No. Because it's fun for you when someone else's name is on the table. Can I talk to this section? Y'all just talk back to me. 
because I feel like some of them people over there are mad with me right now. Okay, let me talk to y'all. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's fun and games when it's somebody else being discussed. But don't you know, right now, yeast rolls is in the middle of the table, but it can be you tomorrow. I need to know that I'm surrounded by some people that when they hear, they pray. Come on, deacons. Come on, where y'all at? Where y'all at? I need to know I got some people that know how to lay hands on me and restore me. Because if you've really been consecrated, a sign of consecration is your ability to restore people. Galatians chapter 6 says, when a man is overtaken, by fault, you that are spiritual, restore. He said, don't call for the carnal people because they, they want to laugh. Don't call for the carnal people because they want to talk. Don't call for the carnal people. They want to screenshot. Call for the spiritual people. somebody spiritual that when everybody else is waiting for my funeral they'll look over me and say no there's still life left in him I need somebody that's spiritual that can lay hands on the sick and watch them recover look at your neighbor tell your neighbor you ain't got time to die you got too much to live for come on I need somebody spiritual to speak to the people in your section tell them there's life still in you there's life still in your marriage there's life still in your ministry there's life still in your education I know you've been in school for eight years but there's a degree still yet in your future I need somebody spiritual talk to me tell me I haven't messed up so bad that I can't recover scream at somebody tell them I need some spiritual people around me I need some spirit I need to keep my consecration I need some spiritual people I don't need to be around people that don't want to pray I don't want to be around people that makes me feel strange when I want to go to church tell your neighbor I need some spiritual people I don't need people I got to keep explaining my sanctification to them. They supposed to say, oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. Hey, you want to uh, you wanna go out with us tonight? Yeah, we, we, we're going to see, see this movie. Oh, which movie is it? Oh, okay. No, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to be able to go. You don't need somebody to say, oh, no. You need people around you say, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. I know where you at. Uh-huh, I know. Whoosh, uh, glory be to God. I know where you at. I need, I need some people to say, what you doing tonight? Uh, well, I'm, I'm planning to go to prayer tonight. You need some. You can pray at home. But you need the people to say, oh, I, I get it. I get it. I know sometimes you just need to leave the house. You need to be somewhere, you know. Woo. You need somebody that's when you with them and, Y'all at y'all's favorite store, and you go in, and you put on, and you try on this dress, and you come out the dressing room, and there, girl, wow, I mean, it's hitting you all in the right spots. You looked in the mirror and said, yeah, you're right, but uh-uh, I can't. What you talking about? No, no, because it's making me look like the old person, and I don't, I don't want to attract old stuff, so I, 
You don't need to be like, girl, ain't nothing wrong with you being sexy. Don't you let them church people make you old. No, it ain't about me being old. I don't want to go back to where I came from. I know my, ain't nobody put no rules on me. I, I got a conviction in my spirit. It took me too long to get out of the stuff that I attracted in the last season with my hips. I now want to walk in holiness. I want to come out of my hips and walk in holiness. Tell somebody I'm not willing to go back Too much at risk I'm not willing to go back Too much at stake Because if I go back this time I may not make it back Alright I got six minutes <laughs> Pastor Westgate Said one time he says, you need to have people you can have Jesus talk with. Ask the person beside you, who do you have Jesus talk with? Like, like really, who is it in your life that y'all can discuss what you've read? What the Lord has been speaking to you? Because oftentimes when the Lord is speaking something to you and you share it, is right exactly what that person needed to hear as well. Who are you having Jesus talk with? And I know you're like, oh, I'm a Christian and I'm in a Christian house. I'm in, around Christian people. Everybody who labeled themselves as Christian. I'm serious. As I travel, as I travel across the country and preach, and I have people with me, it's not because I'm trying to look like a I'm the president of the United States or I'm grand. I always take somebody in the office with me because over the years I found out. That some of the preachers, they're carnal. They're, they got a calling. They really got a calling. But they got, they, 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 they're carnal. And here I am preparing to preach. Come on, musicians, y'all know. Have y'all been, been with other musicians? You're preparing, and the, and the dialogue kind of shifts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've, 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 sat in, I've sat in the office, and preachers tell me, all right now, Doc, be careful when you go out there, because some of the sisters out there. And I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, I said, well, I didn't, I didn't come for that, you know. I try to kind of keep people around me so people don't feel comfortable to try to lure me in. It's carnal conversation. You know, how many? See, the ramp is doing pretty good. How many people y'all got over there? Oh, I, I said, well, I don't count them because they're not mine. You know, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. How much money y'all raising over there? Oh, yeah. Uh, God is providing for us. That's not, that's not, that's not me trying to be uh, better than anybody else. When I tried to live like y'all wanted me to live so y'all would be okay with y'all sin. No, no, no. People will do that. They will try to pull you into compromise because your progression reveals their stagnancy. And your consecration exposes their compromise. So they'll try to pull you back. Everybody, everybody got something. It don't take all of that. Maybe don't take that for you. But the last time I tried to live in your balance, I kept falling on the wrong side of it.
And I said, oh my goodness. I said, somebody, I was telling, uh, I think uh, one of the young ladies the other day, I said, oh, you all think I was uh, trying to hold a standard to you all in a, in a condition to control because I had obtained a certain height of holiness. I said, oh, no, no, no. It's because as a father, I was trying to protect you because I had been exposed to the consequences of sin. I know what it is to have to reap seeds you sow that won't righteous. I'm trying to protect you. See, I, when, I, when I tell some of you young ladies and young men, I say, you know, all right, you all be careful. Listen, I'm not trying to control you, but you already got 20 tattoos. Maybe you don't need no more. And they're like, look, I knew y'all could get tight right there. I know where I'm at. Listen, I know where I'm at. I know my calling. I know my assignment. I said, I'm not trying to control you. I'm just trying to tell you. Maybe in this season of your life, you don't need any more. Why? Because you, your desire is to get married. And you keep praying for your husband. When you get married, your body becomes your husband's. And your husband's become yours. You're not going to have any space left on the landscape of your body. You got too much past on you. You got too many marks on you. You need to leave something left that when he sees you, he can see a future instead of keep looking at your past. You think, I don't tell you. I don't, I, I don't try to pull you out of social drinking because I'm holding it now and I've never struggled with it. It's in my blood. I said it's in my blood. And every so often, even now, when the stress of ministry get on me, the thought will start to lure in my mind. Ain't nothing wrong. Just, take, just drink a little bit to take the edge off. Every once in a while when I'm sitting on the plane and there's turbulence and anxiety, there's nothing, it's nothing like for the flight attendant to come by me and say, listen, do you need a little wine or something? And I, and I said, I know. I, I tell you, not trying to control you. I'm trying to tell you that when you start drinking, you start making bad decisions. How many good decisions did you make the last time you got drunk? You end up touching something you don't supposed to touch, doing something you don't supposed to do, speaking to somebody you really shouldn't be talking to. Come on, y'all. Come on in here and tell me the truth about it. How casual is it when it comes with casualties? Casual is it? And it keeps producing casualties. So I'd be on the plane. I said, no, no, no I'm okay. Then I said, Jesus. Shalom. Sh Shalom. Shalom. I, I, I try to tell you to stop practicing with all of these people. And preserve yourself. So when you come into your land of promise, you don't have to live in a house with Ishmael and Isaac. I know what it is to come into a good season and to be staring at a mistake you made. 
coming into a high moment and consistently reminded that you got Ishmael. Oh my goodness. And so my, my, my last thing, and I didn't mean to go this long, but my last thing, and I'll tell you my last point. Number one, to maintain your consecration is maintain a prayer regimen. Number two, you need to stay away from carnal conversations. And the last one, number three, you need to get close to some sinners. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I know. After all I said, now that sounds like the biggest contradiction. No, because your biggest hindrance has not been sinners. It's been unsanctified saints. You don't keep falling with sinners. You keep falling with saints. You don't keep getting pulled in with gossip from sinners. It be saints. Unconverted. Non-convicted. You need. Tell your neighbor. You need some sinner friends. I know it sounds off, but listen, oftentimes we focus on sanctification and the consecration as a means to separate. But please remember that God is not focusing on us separating from them as much as he's saying being separated to me. Getting closer to Jesus is for them. It's for the sinner. We often fall into sin because we're functioning, we're not functioning in our assignment. I was, before consecration, I went away to the lake just for a few days so I could prepare myself for consecration because I had been traveling so much. And so I got a, I got a boat at Bridgewater Marina and a young man that works there told me he was from Lexington, Virginia. And he said, oh, I see you have your boating license. He said, I'm surprised you don't have a boat. I said, well, I don't live here on water and I travel, so it's really a waste of money to have a boat. He said, oh, I get it. He said, because my parents are upset right now. I said, why? He says, because they live in Lexington, Virginia, but they have a boat here in Smith Mount Lake. And they just had to pay a lot of money in repairs. I said, what happened? He says, the boat began to malfunction because it wasn't being used. It was, it was malfunctioning because... It hadn't been ridden the whole season. In other words, the boat was made for water. The more it sits, the more problems you're going to have with the engine. You were made for a purpose. You were called for assignment. And the longer you sit, the more damage you're going to cause. The more distracted you are, the longer and the easier it is going to be for things to creep into your life. Tell your neighbor, get out of there and get in the water. Oftentimes in church, you'll hear preachers, especially when I grew up, talking about parking lot prophets. It's a negative reference made concerning people who will wait until church is over and try to speak to people in the parking lot with some sort of prophetic utterance. Parking lot prophets. These are individuals who had secret motives. Sometimes these words that they will give is in direct opposition to the word spoken by the leader or the pastor inside the church. 
So with their deceitful ways, they would wait till people got in the parking lot, stand by their cars, and church is over. And they stand out in the parking lot to discuss what they liked and what they didn't like, what they agreed with and what they didn't agree with. Somebody said parking lot prophets. But today, as the pastor of the Ramp Church, I want to release and sanction parking lot prophets. I want to sign off on your authority. Sign off on your license. I'm not talking about those who have ill motives. People who are divisive. I'm talking about people who are anointed beyond the church. People who are anointed beyond the ramp building. Somebody said parking lot prophets. The Lord spoke to me and says, tell the saints to go back to the house of Cornelius. Go back to house prayer meetings. You need to start calling people over to your house. You don't need Pastor Marvin and you don't need the deacons. I'm ordaining you to be parking lot prophets. I want you to meet the waitress at the restaurant. I want you to talk to the waiter. And I know for years I told you don't sit at the bar. But I want to pull that back today. If drinking ain't your weakness, go sit at the bar. And talk to the bartender. Talk to the people to the left and the right of you. Drop some of them church folk that's always pulling you back to your past. And you need to get into your assignment. Scream at your neighbor. Tell them get in the parking lot. I'm not waiting for somebody to put a robe on me. I'm not waiting for somebody to give me a piece of paper. Everybody want to keep saying, come to my church. No, come to my church. No, come to my church. But the Great Commission doesn't say come. The Great Commission says go. Hey, there was a meal where Jesus said the Lord declared that all things are ready. Tell your neighbor, everything is ready. Jesus says, I fixed the meal. I am the meal. And all things are ready. But I need you to go out and get somebody and bring them to the table. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, this week you got an assignment. Bring somebody to the table. You don't need to bring them to the table of gossip. You don't need to bring them to the table of politics. You don't need to bring them to the table of confusion. You ain't got to take somebody to your bed in order to get them to the altar. But bring them to the table. Tell them, come over here where the table is spread. The feast of the Lord is going on. Drink. Drink from the fountain that never runs dry. Eat from the table of a bountiful supply. Tell your neighbor, said neighbor, you can fight over positions, but I already got a place. My place is not the pulpit. My place ain't got to be Facebook Live. I got a place in the parking lot. A parking lot attendant. Ah, I'll direct traffic. Ah, if they don't come by way of Eventbrite, if they don't come by way of letter, if they don't come 
by the way of email Jesus said go out to the hedges go out to the highway go out to the bar go out to the club go out to the projects go out and compare what did consecration do it gave me the power to compel it gave me the power to persuade it gave me the power to entice it gave me the power I want to give you this assignment. I want to give you this assignment. Everybody, we always focus on first Sunday. And you can do it any day. But corporately, I want to give you an assignment. First Friday. First Friday. I'm going to do something that, that if, if the old church was here, they would rebuke me right now. I want you to set up church and I don't want it here you think God blessed y'all with that house just so y'all can look pretty and post it I see y'all's decorations on Instagram it's cute all that wall decor what is we end up we end up messing up because we come to church and get all of this impartation and become spiritually fat and not spiritually fit. And that's why when God is doing the, yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't hear that. Oh, shout, shout. Oh, worship. Yeah. But the Bible says we will come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in harvest. You may have to partner with somebody else in the church, but you don't need 15 church people. You need to be about two or three of y'all and I want to see how many people you can bring in. I'm telling, I'm talking about have church at your house. God told me to go back to the house of Cornelius because what we keep on doing is trying to focus on how we're going to fill this building. Filling this building ain't filling his house. And I don't want you to get caught up in conversations. I, you don't need to be, you don't need to be a walking billboard for the ramp. You don't need to be a walking billboard for Bishop Younger. I don't need it. As a matter of fact, don't even mention the church. Don't even mention your pastor. Let them ask. We always, Acts 2.38 says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we beat people with that. And we missed out on verse 37. Verse 37 says, when they were pricked in their hearts, they said to them, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Listen, I want to ordain some parking lot prophets in here. That there will be an urgency in you. That we didn't go through consecration just so we can walk around with prayer shawls on and says, Oh yes, I'm in the hope. Now what are you going to do with that? Come here, come here Peter. Come here John. The Bible says, the lame man looked at them and said 
Give me something. He wanted money. Because he perceived that the way they walked, they were going somewhere. And what did Peter and John says? Silver and gold. What he said? Have I none? But what the next part says? But such as I do have. What did he say? Rise up. Help me. Rise up. Rise up and walk. Listen. They says what we have. We'll give it to you. You tell me that it's transferable. Yes, we all powerful in here. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to, I want you to bring that person that's at work that keep going like this. They said, what you doing Friday? Come over to my house, we're going to have some food. And we're just going to talk. We're going to talk about God. Tell them, we're going to talk about God. Because people are intrigued. Yeah, because I do got questions. And bring them in there. And start saying, in the name of Jesus. What's going to start happening? Parking lot prophets are going to start bringing people to church. But by the time they get to church, the announcement is going to be, I'm going to say, yes, Sister Leonella. She said, yes, Bishop. I had service at my house last Friday. And these are the people that got saved. I'm going to get a phone call. Deacon Barkego says, Bishop, you wouldn't believe what happened. My co-worker got filled with the Holy Ghost in my living room speaking in tongues. Oh, my God. What I'm talking right now, it don't, it don't do nothing much to carnal people because carnal people need a parade. Carnal people need a platform. But spiritual people know I already got one. Hallelujah. I'm taking this. We're getting ready to experience an overflow. Stand on your feet. I'm way past my time. I don't apologize for it though. Because God told me to ordain some parking lot prophets. I'm giving you this assignment. It's up to you. I can preach holiness. You got to live it. I got to give you the assignment. You got to walk it out. I'm looking for souls. I'm looking for souls. If you know, if you know there's an urgency in you and you felt the witness in your spirit, some of you, the Lord had already started speaking to you about pulling some people in. Well, Bishop, that's great because... What if somebody start a church? Well, we ain't got a church split if we church plant. What if they take your members? I ain't got no members. I can't afford to have members. You belong to God. But people, people who are pure in heart, they're not trying to pull people to themselves. They're trying to pull people to God. It's a bishop. I ain't trying to be their pastor. God just told me to be a parking lot prophet. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Bishop, if you see something in me and you want me to serve with the elders, I will. But if you don't ever call me up and put a robe or a chain on me, I'd rather carry the cross on my back than around my neck anyway. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.